You know, there's a song that I sing called Give Me Jesus, which is a African-American spiritual. That is the most simple lyric. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. And when I am alone, give me Jesus. That song uh, has just really helped people in, in ways that I, I never would have imagined. It touches people in, in a deep way, you know. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. I first knew singer-songwriter Fernando Ortega's beautiful songs before I knew him. His voice has that quality that, that brings tears to your eyes before you even know why. And then I met Fernando when we were both performing at the Ryman with Andrew Peterson. And I know a rascal when I see one, and so immediately we became friends. And then when I was in Albuquerque a few years ago, I had the privilege of Fernando showing me around on a personal tour of some of his rich family history. Fernando is one of many songwriter friends I have. I've come to understand why in part I'm drawn to songwriters. Picture book writers and songwriters are doing a very similar thing. Picture books and songs are a story told in two languages. For picture books, it's words and pictures. For songs, it's words and music. Margaret Wise Brown, that royalty of picture book writers, said this, quote, a good picture book can almost be whistled. All have their own melodies behind the storytelling, end quote. A song and a picture book are all about being simple, but being simple isn't simple. Being simple isn't being simple-minded. Being simple is distilling the story down to its essence. I love this quote. Miles Davis said this, quote, listen to what I can leave out, end quote. Isn't that great? And then another favorite, Blaise Pascal apologized for writing a long letter. Quote, I made this so long only because I didn't have time to make it shorter, end quote. Fernando shares with us some of his writing process and how the writing is all in the rewriting and how it was through ancient hymns that God led him to his career. I know you'll be as moved as I was by, by hearing Fernando share a beautiful and amazing story of one of the greatest losses of his life and how songs can become like prayers. Fernando has seen that art has the power to carry our strongest emotions and to connect us with others. He's courageous, generous, disarmingly honest and vulnerable, just like his songs. And it's such a great honor to hear from him. So without further ado, please welcome my good friend, and now yours, Fernando Ortega. So I grew up Presbyterian, so I knew a lot of hymns. Then I came to, I really came to my own faith in, in a Pentecostal church. And so, you know, I, I wasn't singing hymns in that church. And then I became a Baptist. Then I moved to California and I was um, on Campus Crusade for Christ. 
And I became a, a music director in a definitely seeker-driven church where really by the time I, I finished my time at that church, they had moved to very much a, like a, a, a late night show format where we were, the band served mostly as entertainment, transition music. And I just, all of a sudden, when I saw what was going on at that church, I just realized how much I missed hymns, how I missed hymns in my worship experience and, and the, the texts of them and the, and the, the, um, the melodies of them. But the idea of theology of, of rich theology captured in four verses. So I started just going back to what I, my original Presbyterian roots were and, and started arranging hymns and I started playing them uh, at this church and the people really responded. Basically that's when I started recording these things. And some of these arrangements made their way into the hands of people who wanted to uh, sign me as an artist. And that's how my career really began as a recording artist. When I was in my late 20s, I, I took a, a creative writing class. It was a poetry class, actually. We wrote a poem every week based on an assignment that our teacher gave. The next week, we'd, we would recite the poems in, in front of the class. And then it would be opened up to critique. But I learned how to write songs in that class. I mean, it, it was a brutal experience uh, for me because, you know, the critique was hard. The woman who was the, our professor, Elaine Rubenstein, um, wound up becoming a really close friend and is still a very close friend. She and her husband, Peter, were just here at my house. And, and then, you know, after I became friends with Elaine and Peter, um, I would take my songs to them. And those were, the, for me, the most brutal critiques. I would come in thinking I had written the, you know, the best thing ever. And then Peter or Elaine would say, you know, line three of the second stanza is the only good line in the whole song. And that's where you should launch the whole song from. Like Elaine always says that in the process of writing a song or a poem or, or prose, that you polish it until it shimmers. And the polishing part is, is the critique, is the getting rid of excess stuff and getting to the point. That's how my life as a songwriter really evolved. One of the songs I wrote earliest, and that still I think is one of my favorite things I ever wrote, was a song about my grandfather uh, on the occasion of his, the one year anniversary that he died, I, I, I released this song. It's called Mi Abuelito, and it, which means my grandpa in Spanish. But I wrote it and I sent it off to Elaine and she said, you know, you're talking about everything around him, the mountains, his house, the trees, the roads, but you never cough up the man, you know? So, <laughs> It was a huge lesson for me. I went back and I, and, I, and then, I, you know, now the song includes his old hands, his voice, um, him standing in the field. And that was like a super important lesson for me about the process of writing, uh, but also getting to the point of something and delivering it, you know, in a way that, sure, it's sentimental for me um, and it has meaning for me, but the, the challenge is always to take something that's your experience and then, you know, letting somebody take their own meaning from it, making it universal so that they can listen. It becomes about their own grandfather or maybe their father or, you know, or someone else in their life.
my mom died in the beginning of COVID in 2020 on May the 3rd. And that was an unexpected one. She just went into the hospital for some some back pain that was unbearable for her. And, and she caught a, a, you know, a virus in the hospital and that killed her. When we, she was able to, they, we brought her home. They wouldn't let us see her in the hospital, but they would let us bring her home. And so, you know, we were there. Just two days ago, I was walking in the backyard with the dogs and just around the driveway and listening to birds and stuff. And I started forming a song in my mind about my mom, about just about the moment that she passed, which was an astonishing thing to see. As she was dying, you could feel her slipping away, her presence. And uh, But then she, you know, her her breath became labored and, and it would go from these very slow, long breaths uh, that were spaced apart, just un- agonizingly far apart, to these very quick <sighs> kind of breaths, and and it was it, we were all there with her, and and then you know pretty soon she she sucked in some air, and then let it out, and and she was gone, and it, it was an astonishing moment, you know it was a a, a really hard kind of tragic event. And then, and then also beautiful that, you know, the next breath that she took in was in, was in heaven. So that's what I started thinking about this song somehow to capture that moment. It's taken a long time to, to let myself not, not become too emotional to write about it. You know, since I lost my parents, it has come, become more and more real to me uh, and urgent to me, the, the idea of, of, seeing them again um, and being in that place where God created us to be. Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made, everything in it, birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything. And most of all, his children, even though people had forgotten the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten. They still knew their song. It was the song all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was the song people's hearts were made to sing. God made us. He loves us. He is very pleased with us. It was why Jesus had come into the world, to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice, but with his whole life so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. The idea that there's a song that has been sung through all eternity is something that has become more and more real to me, and especially uh, losing my mom and my dad and my mentor, Bill Harder. And Bill Harder used to tell, tell me that when he lost his wife, Linda, that he would talk about the eternal song and he would talk about the communion of saints uh, that are gathered before the throne and that and then on here on earth and and then in heaven there's this amazing scene of the of the 24 elders and all the heavenly beings and 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 the creatures um, that that never stop saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is is to come and that is where my my loved ones are, and that someday, I, well, even though here on earth, when we when we sing together, 
when we get together and we sing, we're joining in a mysterious way. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello. It's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.